Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a turn in our freedom message, our freedom series. You know, we are a product of one of three things in our life. Where we are today is either A or one, a, a product of, of stuff we did to ourselves. Let's just, be, let's just be honest. We are where we are today because of some of our choices, um, some of our decisions that we've made. I mean, and it's just been all self-inflicted, right? But some of us, we are where we are today because of some things that was done to us. In other words, maybe we went through a really rocky divorce. Uh, maybe there's a relationship scar in our life. Maybe our parents didn't affirm us like we thought they should have or wish we could have. Maybe there was a tragedy in your life. And now the result is, is you, you're living this thing out. If you were here last week, there's been a wound in your heart that someone did to you. But there is an, another reason why some of us are where we are today, and it's simply stuff that the devil wants to do to you. You know what I mean? Let's just face it, there's an ugly, there's an ugly enemy out there. Um, he has no power. In fact, a lot of people think that, you know, when, when you say the devil, you know, or, or demons or anything like that, people get their, their picture or their illusion of the devil from the movies, right? There's a priest there shaking with a cross in his hand, you know what I mean? He's scared because there's this ugly-looking, hideous monster there that's supposed to be a devil or a demon, there's people walking around on their hands and, you know, feet backwards, crawling up. I mean, we get our impersonation of the devil from Hollywood, which is exactly what he wants you to believe. Are you with me, friends? He's a zero. He's a nothing. But we need to talk about it today because uh, make, make no mistake about it, he's definitely scheming against us. And I want to talk a little bit for the next few, the next few minutes that we have with you about spiritual warfare today. And you need, to make, you need to make this something that you're not scared of. The devil is not the opposite of God. Are you with me, friends? It's not that, you know, you, you see that little yin and yang thing, you know, it's like light and darkness, good and evil. No. The devil, so I used to think that the devil had just as much power as God did, but it was working in reverse. That's just not true. He has no power. He's been stripped of all of his power. And so especially to believers, and we'll get into this a little bit here, but um, the majority of Jesus' ministry on the earth, he was teaching and he was preaching, and the Bible says that God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power to heal all those who were under the power of the devil. Jesus spent the majority of his life here on earth dealing with spiritual conditions of people. Now, let me just say this before we get going too much more into this. Everything you face is not a demon, okay, friends? There's not a demon under every bush. There's not something, you know, that's just lurking to get you. Now, there, he is scheming. But it's probably more spiritual than you realize your life is. Your life is probably more spiritual than you realize, and we need to talk about this today, and we need to de-spook. We need to de-spook this topic and set you free today. Amen, everyone. Will you pray with me? Believe God. Father, we love you. 
Father, we release faith right now for your word. And we are looking towards the Holy Spirit to give us utterance. Uh, Let us speak your truth today, Father God. Lord, and I believe that the entrance of your word brings light and it brings understanding. And the Bible says that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. So God, I thank you for truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. So on May 12, 2001, uh, it's been a few years ago, my, my family and I, we had moved to Topeka, Kansas. Um, if you come to our Compass event next week, we'll tell you a little bit of our story, how we got to where we are now. Um, and we'll tell you a little bit about our, our days in Topeka. But I was first time I'd ever got paid to do ministry. Up until that point, I was volunteering my guts out, just like, you know, uh, every other minister who works for a smaller church and they can't really afford it. I made more than the preacher did uh, in, in my, first, um, my first deal. I, I got paid $25 to clean the church. And so I made more than the pastor did at, at our first uh, experience. But the second experience, when we moved to Topeka, I, they, they paid me to be the youth pastor there. And so I was ecstatic about it. And so um, all of Tyra's family are football people. They all play football. All the, all the nephews played football. All the family watches football. And so... Taylor at this time, he was just a little guy, and uh, he wanted to play football. Well, the first year that they would allow them to play football was like flag football. I mean, he couldn't have been this, this tall, right? And uh, we took him to flag football practice, and uh, I, I'll never forget because they gave the, all the team the same jersey. <laughs> it was like an extra large, you know, Kansas City Chiefs jersey. Everybody got the same one, right? Same number, same everything, Kansas. And so they, the boys had to tuck them in their shorts because um, if they left them out, they'd drag the floor and they'd trip. I mean, it's just like an extra. I don't know if they just didn't have any money. I don't know what it was, but all of the boys had these really cute, extra large Kansas City Chief jerseys. And I can remember we were probably at his very first flag football. It was, he had his jersey on, so I don't, it must have been a game. Um, but maybe it was just practice. I, th- I feel like it was just practice. And we got a phone call from Tyra's brother up in Nebraska that Tyra's oldest niece had been in a car accident. And they were saying it's pretty serious. She was in high school. Um, she was driving, went through a light. F-350 just, I mean, smashed into the side of the car. Well, we get Taylor out of practice, and uh, we, get, we go home, we pack our clothes, we go to Nebraska to hang out with our family. And we knew that over the next few hours, we're going to be absolutely critical um, to make a really strong and or a really hard story short, we ended up losing her uh, to that accident. And it was a very, probably up until that point, the most painful time we had experienced as a family. And um, it was hard. And May the 12th, all of a sudden, had a, had a black spot on it. You know what I mean? And for those of you who've lost people, you know when that next date comes around the next year, it's like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. This is the day when we lost dad, or this is the day when we lost mom, or my best friend, or whatever it is. It's got this black mark on it. Well, time passed, and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're here now. We're launching Your Place Church, and we're adding services. And at this point, Taylor is now a senior in high school. And it's his last year to play football. 
And for those of you guys who played high school sports, you know your senior year, that's your year to shine, right? If you've been on the bench the, uh, coming up to your senior year, typically your senior year is when they let the seniors out on the field, right? And so Taylor's been waiting for this moment. Well, May the 12th, 2012, he and some buddies are out in the field riding horseback. They're riding bareback. And uh, his horse that he's on stumbles and begins to kind of get uneasy. Well, he bails off of the horse, and when he lands, his foot lands in a hole, and he snaps his tib and his fib, both bones, broke right there, boom, pow. And that, that little scene pretty much ended his football career. May the 12th. And people are like, oh, pastor, that was, that's just coincidence you know, the same date that your, you know, niece that was in high school was killed in a car accident. And it, it may be. But then 2014 comes around. Taylor's at Highlands College, where we just dropped Tyson off a couple weeks ago. And if you remember, for those of you who've been worshiping with us for any length of time, we are in the throes of believing God to purchase this space. For the first few years, we were just releasing this space from the, from the owners. But now the Lord had moved on us to believe me to acquire this facility. And so we're believing God to buy this building, and it's now Taliana's senior year in high school. And we're in Tulsa. Uh, we've got Tyson with us. Our younger niece and nephew are with us. And we get a phone call. On May the 12th, that Taliana had been in an accident. And the nice thing about this is she was the one that actually called us. But she was definitely panicked. You could definitely tell it had, it had shook her up. So we obviously drive to get here really quick. And it was in that, that little access road behind Hooker's Barn Grill right there, you know. So there's 69A, uh, but then there's that little access road right there, right? And so... Um, if you've ever been on that access road, I think they've changed it a little bit, but it, it kind of it curves. Well, if you're coming from this way, you can't see an oncoming traffic. There's trees there. And she, was, she had a friend with her, and they were just buzzing, you know, buzzing into town. And she had, I mean, he was in the middle of that road, and she was in the middle of that road. And they both came out around the corner. I mean, it was just perfectly timed. And both of them were, were, were cooking. And they, they both come around the corner. Well, you would think that your natural tendency would be to hit the brake. I don't know why. But Taliana, she's driving a little Mazda Miata convertible at the time. That girl punches the gas. And I just imagine her little Miata playing, you know, whistling Dixie like the Dukes of Hazard Because she hits the side of this ravine. And she, like, goes flying over this ravine. Next time you drive, look, you'll see it. The, the, the trooper that, that, re, that responded, or the, the officer that was there that day, came up to me and said, listen, he says, I, we've, worked this, we've worked this very spot several times, and they've never ended like this. Most of the time, people go off, and they go nose down into that ravine, and if they don't have their seatbelt on, they go through the windshield. But for whatever reason, Taliana goes through it, and she goes sailing over the ravine, and she lands on all four 
over in the grassy area of that right there in between 69A and that little road, whatever that road is. I should probably find that out before next service. And she just, I mean, the airbags deploy just because it's like how hard she hit. But that was the only damage she had. We changed the airbags and sold that car. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we got rid of it. And, and people are like, yeah, but, but it dawned on us in this moment. May the 12th, May the 12th, May the 12th, May the 12th. Our family is under a spiritual attack. And the devil's trying to take May the 12th from us. So every time that we come into May, we're looking at May the 12th. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? But our family decided to make a decision, and we drew a line in the sand. We're not going to let May the 12th be the devil's day. And so we prayed against it. We came against the enemy, and we said, no more. Well, that was 2014. We went through 2015. Nothing happened on May the 12th. We gave God glory. We went through 2016. Nothing happened on May the 12th. On 2017... Taylor now decides to take back the date indefinitely, and he asks his then-girlfriend to be his wife. And we were like, Lord, let her say yes. We need let, please let her say yes. Well, she says yes, and now May the 12th is our day again. Amen, everyone? Amen. See, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, you stand firm. See, so many times we think this Christian life, all, all I have to do is, is have a relationship with Jesus, and everything else is just automatic. But yet the Scripture says, no, 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 no. You stand firm and let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Always, 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 always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Like, I want to pursue Jesus. And, of course, we we took May the 12th back. And for those of you who've been worshiping with us for any length of time, you know the byproduct. See, the temptation would be to cower to cower back, to be like, oh, something, something's going on, right? But instead, we stood firm, and now we're growing as a church. They put chairs out again this service. Amen, everyone. We're growing. We're renovating this place. I'm going to show you a video here in a second about what's going on over there. God is proving himself good. We have, we have some people around us right now who know how to attack the throne room of God in prayer. We started a prayer, our Wednesday night prayer service, and people are showing up, and they are getting in the trenches with us in prayer. And now attendance is up, giving is up, salvations are up, miracles are up. Amen? God is moving. God is moving. But it's interesting how things have happened, how they happen. There is no way you could say that that was a coincidence. And so what it's caused us to do, listen, friends, the Reigns family, we live our life different now. We live our life different now. We, it, it changed how we pray. It changed how we believe. And I have to teach you this today. 
regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, I have to teach you this. And you need to know this, that the devil is real. He is nothing, but he's real. He's not a metaphor. His name uh, is Lucifer in the Old Testament. In fact, there's only three angels that, that were named in Scripture. There was Michael, the archangel, right? Gabriel, and Lucifer. He was one of the named angels. He began in heaven. Isaiah 14 and Exodus 28 talks about how Lucifer was actually, believe it or not, he was a worship leader in heaven. But something happened in his heart, and instead of leading people in worship to our heavenly Father, he began to desire the praises of the heavenly beings, right? He wanted to be worshipped. And in Revelation 12, verse 7, it talks about what happened. Then a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. They referred to him as. The dragon and his angels fought back. Now, if you know your biblical history, you know about a third of the angels were following Lucifer, then now Satan, into this, okay? But I love what verse 8 says. So the devil and his angels fought back, right? But he was not strong enough. He was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was not just asked to leave. The great dragon was not even forced out. The Bible says that the dragon was hurled out of heaven, right? He was hurled out of, uh, hurled down that ancient serpent, and then it tells you who he is, called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray, was not just gently asked to leave, was not tossed out. He was hurled to the earth. Wait a minute. That's where we are. What? Like, What's up with this, <laughs> right? Hurled to the earth and his angels with him. The important thing I want you to recognize is he was not, is not, and never will be strong enough. They lost their place in heaven. Now, Satan is the one who, who tries to lead us astray, the Bible says. And again, your life is more spiritual than you think. But it's interesting because 51% of Christians do not believe in a literal devil, which is exactly what he wants you to believe, that he doesn't exist. So the second thing that I need you to know today is that the devil, his goal, his plan, he's scheming, if you will, to destroy you. Like, that's like his number one thing. If he doesn't get to be in heaven, he doesn't want you to be in heaven. And so he is right now scheming against the body of Christ. How does he do it? Well, he does it through temptation, and he does it through, I mean, tragedy. He does it through temptation, and he does it through tragedy. Let's talk about temptation for just a second. James, the book of James, I don't have the scripture, but think about it. James says that when you're tempted, you're actually drawn away and enticed by your own evil desires. That's what temptation is. Temptation looks like something you want. It's like, it's like uh, fishing. 
You have bait, right? You throw it in the water. Well, it looks like food. It looks like something you want, but there's a hook in that thing. Are you with me, friends? And the devil knows that if he can tempt you with something, that you'll bite on it, and then he'll hook you, and then that leads into a spiritual battle in your life. That'll lead into tragedy in your life. And so he understands temptation. He has spent generations figuring out what temptation looks like. A lot of people just assume the devil has got a pitchfork and horns. and No, he looks like you, what you want. Are you with me? Amen. He looks like what, what, what's drawing you to him. The enemy is working harder trying to destroy us then we are trying to resist him. I'm going to say that again. The enemy is working harder to try to destroy you than you are in trying to resist him. And this is what I got last service. I had a gentleman come up to me, and he's like, Pastor, I've heard all of this before, but you know what? I've been so distracted I've been so distracted. You're exactly right, which is why this happened and this happened. He says, I did it to myself. I separated myself. Other things became a priority to me. And I didn't keep myself stirred up. And so my hope today is to help you stir yourself up because the last thing I want is the last thing I want is for you to be so distracted that when life happens, you're not ready for it. Are Are you with me, friends? So... 1 Peter chapter 5 gives us a little clue. Verse 8 says, be alert. Don't be distracted. Be of a sober mind. Don't just try to numb yourself away from your problems. Don't numb yourself away from the pain. Don't try to distract yourself from what's going on. Be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, he has no power So he's got to make you believe something. He's got to get you in fear for it to work. That's why he roars. That's why he flashes and does all this stuff. But the Bible says, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. In other words, he's not just after you. And so many people are like, why is my life so hard? Listen, life is hard for people. Because the devil is trying to attack them, but it doesn't have to be. All temptation, all temptation, look at your neighbor and say all. All temptation is designed to take you out. That's what it's designed for. People want to know how close to the line I can get without being in sin, right? How close to the line can I get, you know, kind of living it up without, like, crossing over the line? And and I try to tell people, why do you want to know how close to the line you have to be in the first place? You may find, and listen, I'm I'm not putting my personal beliefs on you. All I do is lead you to the Word of God and trust that you and God have conversations. But for me, I will not allow myself to watch questionable movies. Why? Because I don't want that temptation in my life. I don't want the temptation to look, to think, or to respond to any area in my life. You talk to most people 
who have gotten involved in a situation that ruined their marriage, that ruined their children, that ruined something in their life. And it, was because, it started out because they were watching or viewing something that took, them, that took them down. Why? Because it puts a seed inside of you. And the next thing you know, you find yourself in just some accidental situation where an opportunity presents itself and you just rehearse what you've watched. Does that make sense, friends? I don't watch spook movies. Why would I intentionally try to put fear in my life? Oh, but I really like them. Okay. Do you ever lay awake at night? Do you ever hear something and a, and a movie scene flashes back? <gasps> I heard a chainsaw fire up. <laughs> Did that sound like a chainsaw to you? You know what I mean? I just don't do it. And that, again, well, pastor, Paul said that everything's permissible. No. He said everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but, but not everything builds up. I don't, want to, I don't even want to have the temptation to look. I don't even want to have the temptation because temptation is what leads you. Sin, when it is complete, leads to death, the Bible says. Sin satisfies for a season. You know, I was listening to Pastor Chris Hodges talk along these lines, and uh, he's the one that authored this freedom curriculum that we're, that we're launching in September. And he was talking about how a business owner owned a trucking company, a truck line, was interviewing drivers to, to drive the trucks that he was doing. And he, and he knew that they were going to be going up uh, kind of some mountain roads. And so he would ask the drivers that were interviewing for the job, hey, how close, you know, how, how good of a driver are you? How close, how close do you think you can get those back tires off the road and still get it back on the road? And these guys are like, man, I've been doing this for 30 years. I think I could get a half of a tire over the edge of that and pull it back over. And he's like, all right, all right. Next. And then that, that same guy, oh, man, I think I could, get, I could get a whole tire off because, you know, I got my duels on there, and I think I could recover from that. You know, they're trying to impress him. He said, but then guys would come in and say, I don't want to get anywhere near the edge of that road. I don't know because I, I'm not going to get anywhere near the edge of that. He hired them on the spot. Does that make sense? So many of us, we're asking, how many tires can I get on the edge of the road of my moral life? See, if you're that close, you have a 50-50 chance of making it. If you tip back this way, you're safe. But if you don't, you're going down. But when I'm all the way over here in my moral life and my truck starts to bob a little bit, I ain't crashing. I ain't going down. Amen, everyone? That's the power of it. I don't want to be anywhere close to the edge. Ephesians chapter 5 says, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, which is why you need a life group. It's why you need a community of believers in your life that when you're being tempted, you can say, hey guys, there's this girl. She started at the office the other day and every day she walks by, she looks at me. You know what I mean? I just need someone to know, like there's a jackal in my office right now, okay? And uh, just so you know, like, I, I got a business trip next week, and after the conference, this conference is going to get out about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, you need to call me, okay? You need to call me, ask me where I am. Why is that? You're in a community of believers. You're in a life group of men or ladies. Hello. This is not just one-sided here. You need a community of people that you can say, listen, this is an area in my life, and I know you won't judge me, and I won't judge you, but this is a real deal. Amen, everyone? 
Expose it. Expose it. The devil and all his demons, they, they want to destroy you, but those same devils and those same demons, they have to respond to a higher authority. The devil doesn't respond to people who go to church. He doesn't respond to people who just raise their voice and slam their foot down. He responds to the higher authority in his life. And Jesus is the highest authority of all. The Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and the mighty if in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Well, how do you do that? Well, the, the Ephesians gives you a step-by-step -step detail on what it is. The point of Ephesians is he's like, you need to understand your struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers and against authorities and, and powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And the heavenly realms is not talking about the heavens of heavens. It's talking about the atmosphere that we live in, the heavenly realms right? Therefore, put on the full armor of God that when the day of evil comes, not if, but when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, you stand. Why? Because we're in a fight. We're in a fight against rulers and against authorities. And some people think that, well, I'm just a private in this whole army. I don't know if I know enough. I don't know if I can do enough. Well, listen, even if you're a private in this army, the Bible says this. He says, you dear children, 1 John 4, 4, are, of, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. You can be a private and be in a relationship with the general. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen, everyone. So for the last few remaining minutes that I have, and I don't have much, I want to give you three weapons. Three weapons that you can use in this fight that we're in. Listen, you're fighting for your family. You're fighting for your relationship with your husband or your wife, with your kids. You're in a fight. Now, we're not fighting to get close to God. We're not fighting to get in His presence, but we will have to stand. And I want to equip you with weapons that you can use. Number one, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, the name above all other names. You're not coming in your own name. You're coming in the name of Jesus. You know, I have three kids. When they were littler, if it was time for dinner, Taliana could walk into Taylor's room and say, hey, it's dinner time. And Taylor would say, get out of my room. Right? Because he doesn't care what she thinks <laughs> when they were little. But if Taliana was to walk into his room and said, hey, dad says dinner's ready. Come to dinner. Taylor would get up and come to dinner, right? Why? It wasn't because of her authority. She was coming in the name of someone who had a greater authority than she did. We are coming in the name of Jesus. Look at this. The disciples figured this out. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us. How? In your name. So like, they were casting demons out of people, and all they had to do was use the name of Jesus. 
The name of Jesus, it's not hocus pocus, it's not abracadabra. It's authority. The name of Jesus, you have permission to use the authority that Jesus gave you. So when they come up, and they basically what you're saying when you say the name of Jesus is, thus saith the Lord, you have to go. And because they have to respond to Jesus, they go. They have no choice. Jesus is recognizing this. The disciples come up, and they're like, hey, even the demons submit to us in your name. And they were surprised. He replied, fellas, 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 listen to this, right? I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He's talking about the authority that he has, right? And then he said, look at verse 19. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, which are these things, and to overcome all. Everybody say all. All the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. Jesus is not a respecter of persons. When he gave it to them, he gave it to all of us. We have authority in the name of Jesus. Use your authority. You have permission to use it. Step into it. Don't just let life take you. Stand up. Devil, you don't have a right to do this. Use it. Philippians 4.2, I'm sorry, 2.10 says, In the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. The second weapon is the Word of God. This is a weapon, friends. This is a weapon. It's not, it's not a devotional for you to read in the mornings to get heaven points. This is a sword. It's not just good poetry. It's not a good story. This is a two-edged sword, the Bible says. you got to learn how to use this weapon. It's an offensive weapon. It's main use is weaponry. The Bible says, don't just be hearers only, but be ye doers of the word. And I'm going to make a statement here. Listen to me. Good people don't get results. Moral people don't get results. People with good intentions don't get results. Doers of the word get results every time. That's why you got to know the word of God. That's why you got to get this inside of you. That's why we sit, that's why we, we're all doing our devotions together in the morning. We're reading the one-year Bible together. Why? Because you got to get this inside of you. you got to know which weapon to use. It's kind of like a video game. Those, you know, you've ever been playing a video game and you're about to go into a situation and you can switch over and you can click through your arsenal of weapons. What's the appropriate one for this battle? Oh, I'm going to use the rocket launcher. That one would work awesome. You walk in and you set off a rocket. Boom, everything blows up and you just keep on going. It's the same thing. This is a weaponry. 
you're going through financial heartache, guess what? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know which weapon to take out. Someone, you know, you're, you're being attacked in your body, and you know that Isaiah 53.5, 53.3-53.5, you know it says, 1 Peter 2.24, they're the same thing. By his stripes we were healed. You know that every time that someone came to Jesus in Scripture, they left healed. You don't know that unless you know how to use the Bible, unless you know how to use Scripture. Doers of the Word are the ones that God moves in their lives. Amen. The third thing is simply this, the blood of the cross. This all, all of this came into being because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross. That cross was the ultimate defeat of the devil. The devil thought he won when Jesus breathed his last and died. You can imagine the excitement. They pulled him off of that cross and they put him in that tomb. And then he began breathing again. Came back to life. Took his own spotless blood and put it on the mercy seat for you and I. And now we have authority in the name of Jesus. We understand the word of God and we are bought by the blood of the lamb. Why do I want you to know this? Because I want you to understand what it means to practice using the tools that you've been given. Practice this. I'm tired of good people. But the devil's trying to take out And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we will rise up. Amen, everyone? What do you do? Get in a life group. Get in a life group. How do you live in freedom every day? Consequently, that's what life, L-I-F-E, living in freedom every day means. Get in a life group. Get around people who can build you up, who can spend time with you. And if all the life groups are full, because you guys came to second service, start a life group. Because if you can't find one, someone else can't find one either. There's enough of you in this room. We can have so many different life groups. Amen? Amen. Submit yourselves to God, the Bible says. You know, you can't do one before you do the other. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God, then resist the devil. If you haven't submitted yourself to God, you can't do it backwards. Submit your life to God. Have a relationship with Jesus. Close any open doors that you have. There's areas in your life. I mean, it's hard to pray against something when you're leaving the door open, when you're leaving the window open, for it to happen again and again and again. Amen, everyone? And then, listen, then don't lay down under this. Confront, confront, confront. And watch what God does. I believe that God will take you to places you've never imagined before if you'll just do this. Freedom comes when you take your freedom back. Let me pray with you. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. And Lord, we see in your word that Jesus has given us authority in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the word of God. And Lord, we thank you for the blood of the cross, the blood of Jesus that was poured out for all of us. And Father, we're not going to allow the enemy to take over in our lives. 
Every spiritual battle we are in, Father, we know how this thing ends. We win. We win. We win when we use the weapons that have been given to us, God. Lord, thank you for not leaving us without weapons. Thank you for not leaving us without comfort. Thank you for not leaving us without the Holy Spirit, Father. But you led us here. You've given us everything that we need that pertains to life and it pertains to godliness. God, we love you for it. We love you for it. Thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.